98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort Masters, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Part of the show where we run through the top stories of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show. The 4 o'clock reset halfway home on this Monday afternoon where we almost... Had a clean sweep for Arizona sports this weekend. We're going to start with Saturday. The Suns minus DeAndre Ayton. They had a dominant fourth quarter to come back and beat the Hawks 121-117. Devin Booker after the game. Yeah, panic. You know, that's what I was proud of most. Everybody kept their composure. And, you know, we just came up with the idea that we're going to have to take it step by step, stop by stop. And, you know, it's a really talented team over there. I was saying at post game, we remember what they did to us in Atlanta last year. They have a lot of talented guys, so they're they're tough to guard, and you know we just want to lock into the defense in and make it tough on them. That was his best game for Buck. Fourteen out of twenty-one from the field, five out of nine three-pointers, thirty-eight points, six rebounds, four assists. They got campaign back. He returned to the lineup, played thirteen minutes off the bench. But Frank the Tank, yeah, Frank Kaminsky. Man, he was fantastic in that game. He, he had 16 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. Lots of big plays you know, for uh, for the Suns, especially down the stretch. Frank, Frank Kaminsky was very good. Yeah, he was very good. Chris Paul in the fourth quarter was very, Dominant. very good. He was 3-for-3 three three from the floor. He had 5 assists, 10 points. He was a plus 16 in that fourth quarter. Played almost the entire time. He was terrific. Suns on the road tonight taking on the Sacramento Kings. No DeAndre Ayton. He recovers from that late contusion. He won't play. ASU, boy, they needed that one, and it was uh, good to see them beat USC 31-16. Herm Edwards this morning on Bickley and Murata talking about staring adversity in the face. Great team effort. Uh, I thought um, adversity uh, hit a couple times, and um, we stared in the face and continued to play and compete. And I think that was the message going into this week. Uh, we needed to get back to that. When some things go go bad you got to fight through it and I thought for the most part uh, players did a great job of that yeah listen uh USC's not a good team uh but that was a decisive victory for ASU real impressed with the way they put that game away in the second half with the back-to-back touchdown drives they ran the ball for 288 yards they averaged 7.2 yards per attempt they had four touchdowns and what can you say about Rashad White career night 28 rushes 202 yards three touchdowns for him I mean, most yards by an ASU running back since Eno Benjamin back in 2018. We had Eno on the show earlier. Jaden didn't play well. He had two more interceptions. He's got seven touchdowns on the season, seven interceptions on the season. But they ran the ball extremely well. They played good defense, and they were able to put that game away. ASU's next game will be on the road against Washington. They're going to be without offensive coordinator John Donovan. He was fired after the poor showing against Oregon this weekend. They're also going to be without head coach Jimmy Lake. He's been suspended one game by the university for his altercation on the sideline with one of his players during the first half of that game against Oregon. Yeah, if you've seen the video, I mean, you're not surprised. I mean, he hit a kid. Yep. I mean, you know, he hit his own player. Uh, it was a sideline altercation. He's He gets the one-game suspension. He lost his cool for an incident. Uh, for, for a second, he lost his cool, and it cost him. He's suspended now, and it's a bad. That's bad. I mean, it's you, know, you start to think of, you know, Woody Hayes with Ohio State. You know, hitting his player, man. It's just, you know, that that's just a bad look right there for Jimmy Lake. Got to give him a quick shout-out. The Arizona Coyotes got their first win of the season over that's the right. weekend. They beat the Seattle Kraken 5-4. Lawson Kraus, the game winner, as part of a three-goal third for the Coyotes. Yeah, that was big. That was big for the Coyotes. Great crowd at the game. It was big for them to get that win. And Arizona, 
The University of Arizona. I mean, all it took was Cal not being able to field like 30 players on their team. <laughs> and, and, and no one's going to care about that two weeks from no, now, they, are they? Yep, Arizona snapped its 20-game losing streak. They beat Cal. Cal was basically like without, like, what was it, 20-something players? It was a bunch. 24 players, I think, and coaches were forced to enter COVID protocols. Yep. And so that helped Arizona get a win. But good for Jed Fish. He was able to say the course, and despite the uh, the questionable nature about how they won, they did win. Top story of the day, though, of course, comes to us from the Arizona Cardinals, who beat the 49ers over the weekend 31-17 to improve to 8-1 and on the season. I'm looking up on the screen right now, and unfortunately, that is kind of also our top story of the day. I'm looking at Chase Edmonds limping off of the field. Chase Edmonds reportedly suffered a high ankle sprain that could keep him off the field for up to four weeks. That, according to Ian Rappaport, saying that the MRI showed the high ankle sprain. Cliff Kingsbury told the media today he is likely not to play Sunday against Carolina, but after that close, quote-unquote, we'll see. We don't know about Kyler Murray is unclear. Uh, Hop is unclear. A.J. Green is unclear. Long snapper Aaron Brewer is going to miss a couple of weeks. Justin Pugh is day-to-day. Max Garcia re-aggravated his Achilles. Man, that bye week cannot get here soon enough for the Arizona Cardinals. No, no. That's, I mean, to get that win against San Francisco, as injured as they were, it's just been you don't expect to win a game like that. You really don't. So credit to them for getting that. But you're right. I mean, it's, you know... You know, hopefully Hopkins come back and Murray comes back and A.J. Green comes back. But this is every single week. I mean, it's every week guys are getting hurt. This is the NFL. This is the this is what happens. And you just, yeah, you want to get to that, that bye week so you can get some guys rested and healed up. Ian, uh, Ian Rappaport reporting an MRI confirming a high ankle sprain. Chase Edmonds is likely to land on injured reserve. He should miss three to four games. Speaking of high ankle sprains, uh, I, I, I something I haven't mentioned yet that I wanted to mention at the beginning of the game broadca- broadcast on Sunday, Laura Oakman was the sideline reporter yes. for Fox. Had you heard that Kyler Murray's ankle sprain was a high ankle sprain until she said something about it yesterday? Because that was news to me. That was that was absolutely one hundred percent news to me. Laura Oakman, when she was she was talking about, I want to read this to you here because I want to make sure I get this right. Quote, high ankle sprains can linger, close quote, says Fox sideline reporter Laura Oakman relaying her conversation with Cliff on Kyler. I knew it was an ankle sprain. I don't think at no, any because, point last week it had come up that it was a high ankle sprain. No, because there's no way if it's a high, and I'm going to try to see what I could find out, but a high you don't think a high ankle sprain, you're not like even questionable for the next game. Right. You're not playing. And you know what? You're not playing in the game after that either. I went back. And I rewound it, and I hit play again on the old DVR. Quote, high ankle sprains can linger, close quote, says Fox sideline reporter Laura Oakman relaying her conversation with Cliff on Kyler. Did Cliff, has any, has at any point Cliff said it was a high ankle sprain? Uh, Not that I'm aware of. All I know is that Cliff today said we're going to see about Kyler Murray and see if he's available I'm just wondering, is it possible she misspoke? I don't know. I don't know. But I saw it. I tweeted something out about it yesterday. I'm like, has anybody else heard about mm, this? Okay. I I haven't heard about this. I, I mean, it, it, it was it was news to me. I don't know if that's you know what the situation entails. I know I mean, everything that you see just says ankle injury, ankle sprain, ankle injury. I've, I have not seen. It and is, I didn't catch that on the broadcast. I did not catch that. 
when she said high ankle sprain. So credit to you for catching that. I didn't. I didn't catch that. Here's what Cliff said today about Kyle. I don't have a feel for it yet. Um, we liked the way he progressed through the week. Definitely improved, uh, but we'll have to see. Um, you know how he looks when we get back out there on Wednesday, and hopefully he can he can operate and function and, and do his deal. But I really don't have a feel for it right now. Yeah, I was so. I wouldn't think you could operate a, a high ankle sprain. Is I mean that's weeks. That's three to four weeks. That's what they're saying for Chase. That's what made right, me that's think what I'm about saying. It. Like I just that that's interesting that, that they, they would say that. I didn't see that. I never that that went over my head. I didn't catch that, and I haven't seen any reports that saying it is a, a high ankle sprain. No, nope, I'm just relaying what she had mentioned during the broadcast yesterday. Because, like I say, it took me by surprise, and I, I on the DVR, I just wanted to listen to it again. And that's what she said. We'll see what it means coming up this week when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show. Last season, James Conner six touchdowns in 13 games. This season, in nine, he's got 10. And a receiving touchdown. James Conner's been a real nice find for the Cardinals. We'll talk about him next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Trips formation to the right. McCoy takes the shotgun snap, gives to Conner up the middle. He's got a crease at the 35 of the 40. Stiff arms, breaks a tackle at the 50. Near side, 45-40. Shoves the defender to the ground as he's taken out of bounds inside the 40 at the 36-yard line. So that's a run of about 45 yards for James Conner. I love that play. I love that play. I know, I know the touchdown is going to get a lot of the love, you know, and rightfully so. Man, James Conner just took that dude and shoved him aside. Get That's your favorite out, play? Uh, from James yeah. Conner, yeah. I mean, just get out of my way, man. Dude, you're, you're, you're in my space. Clear. Go away. And then it was just a couple plays later where, you know, Benjamin had the 21-yard touchdown. James Conner had himself a day yesterday receiving running and it all happened kind of at the last minute chase edmonds was good to go until he wasn't and now he's got a high ankle sprain ian rapaport is reporting he's going to miss three to four games with that high ankle sprain cliff at least partially confirming that he's probably not going to have chase edmonds this week but it does look like for at least the next month or so it is going to be the james connor show at running back with the injury to chase and that's the only Negative thing to come out of yesterday's game was the Chase Edmonds news. That's no, it. Th- yeah, that's it. But you're, the good news for them is if you have Chase and, and James Conner as your 1-1-A, I liked what I saw out of Eno Benjamin. So now you have James Conner and Eno Benjamin. It's kind of like what the theme to this season has been. They don't miss a beat when other guys have to come in and play the role. So you lose, you lose DeAndre Hopkins, you lose A.J. Green, you lose... Rodney Hudson, you just go over there. You lose Byron Murphy, you lose Marco Wilson, you lose J.J. Watt. I mean, Kyler Murray, so many guys have missed. Chandler Jones, so many guys have missed that when you, when, when this next guy up is Eno Benjamin, it's like James Conner and Eno Benjamin or Chase Edmonds and James Conner. You're still good. Yeah. Like, you're still good. I wouldn't want to lose James Conner because he's just different than those other guys. Just different. He's big and he's physical and he's been healthy this year, knock on wood, and he's been real dominant. But I don't. I think the running game uh, is just fine with him and Eno. Now, I want to see what happens. Is Ward coming back? Because I think Ward could be back very, very soon. And I, I, don't, I think they're probably going to have to do something if Chase is out to just make sure you have another running back in the mix. Yeah. We'll have to see what Kime does, whether it's, a, you know, I have to look at the practice squad or see if they would sign somebody. They'll have to do something, for sure. And, and, uh, Jimmy Ward, the concussion, right? He suffered the concussion against the Packers. That's that, that's what his deal was, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. That was the, that was the 
the, where, play, where the, the horrible play. play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Both guys uh, had to be caught off the field. I, I don't know when he's going to be able to be back, but I, I would imagine you're right. They're going to have to do something there to give themselves some depth to lean on if they need to, because now you're starting to get a little thin at the running back position, at least until you get Jonathan Ward back. I, I tell you, there's and there's something that goes beyond Connor. I mean, look, he he obviously he had himself a huge day yesterday. He had 21 rushes, 96 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. It's not a high, high ankle sprain for Kyler. It's not? It's not a high ankle sprain. That report is wrong. Okay. Well, that's what she reported. He'd be on IR if he had a high ankle sprain. That's what she said. Okay. Interesting, because I hadn't heard that. And I just tried to check on it. It's not It's not a high ankle sprain. Okay. That is... That is okay. I, I went back Sorry and checked... Sorry to jump in and change no, our conversation. No, that's okay. I went but, back and checked it twice. I went back and, and, and said, rewound it, and she said high ankle sprains can linger. Those were her exact words. Yep. Caught me off guard when I heard it. Yeah. So much so that I listened to it again. Okay. I'm hearing it is not a okay. high ankle sprain. Okay. Maybe it was just a misspeak. It happens. You talk for a living and sometimes stuff happens like that. Back to James Conner. 96 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. 77 yards through the air, the touchdown. He leads the NFL with 11 total scores. He had 173 yards yesterday. And I don't even know if that's my favorite part about James Conner. I think my favorite part about James Conner is sort of this new mentality about the Cardinals. And we saw it yesterday, even on a drive that ended in a punt. That drive in the fourth quarter, when they took over with about eight and a half minutes to go, and they ran the clock all the way down to about three and a half minutes to go, it ended up with a punt. But by then, San Francisco had burned all of their timeouts. The game was done. And that is yet another time that we've seen this season where the Cardinals have been able to take a game that all they need to do is convert a third down here or there, and they'll effectively completely end the game. That, to me, is also heavily influenced by James Conner. His ability to physically run in moments like that, to, to keep moving the chains, to get three yards and not be a turnover liability, has created a situation where it's like about three or four times now this season where the Cardinals have needed a four- or five-minute drive to end the game. And that, to me, is very much reflected in James Conner and his ability as a running back out yeah, there. Yeah, I think the one that – I think it was the, the Rams game – was one of those drives, too, where they had one of those. The Rams game, they had that clock-killing drive. They're up 34-13. They went on a 12-play drive all runs. Eight minutes and 24 seconds off the clock. It's got a field goal to go up 37-13. That was that. That one stood out. That was the best one. But there was another one, too, and I can't remember uh, which one it was. But the Rams game, they had that, that absolutely, they had that clock-killing drive where they just, they, and then, you know, against, I think they might have did it against There was one the, against the Niners. There was one against the, the Niners. Niners. There was one against the Rams, and I believe there was one against the Browns, if yeah. I remember right. I think those are the three that stand. And there wasn't one against the Vikings. And that was the one It's like, man, you could have you done yourself a favor by not having a 24-second possession there. But I think the Rams game, the Niners game, and the Browns game all ultimately concluded with some big clock-killing, we-are-going-to-suffocate-the-life-out-of-you when it comes to this game kind of drive. And that, to me, is very much a James Conner mentality. That, to me, is very much a James Conner benefit to having him on the roster. Real quickly, we talked about this earlier. He's just on a one-year deal. Is he coming back? If I, I, I don't know for sure, but I know that he's not going to come back and take a salary at, uh, you know, he's it was around $1.5 million. It might have been... I have to see what the exact number was, but it's it's le- less than two million dollars. It's either one point two five or one point seven five. 
that he signed for. He got less. Remember, I told you they wanted Mike Davis first. Mike Davis was their first guy that that they wanted, but he wanted too much money, so they rebounded, and they ended up getting James Conner. James Conner's price tag right now is about three and a half to $4 million per year, probably on a two-year deal. So I would do it. Two years, $8 million for James Conner? Absolutely. I do that in a heartbeat. I love the guy. He's a, he's a great teammate. He's a great locker room guy. He's a, he's a heart and soul guy. He's, he's a physical runner. I mean, I, I, and he's still young. It's not like he's an older running back. He's still actually pretty young. He, it was 1.75 million. One year, 1.75 million is the deal that he signed. Unbelievable. Uh, at Un- age unreal. 26. Yeah. Un- yeah. At, at age 26. At age 26. See, yeah. that's the thing, too. He's had some injuries, but he's 26 years old. You bring him back next year, he's 27, and the year after that, he's 28. Sure, I would do a two year deal for about $8 million for James Conner. I think that's his market. About $4 million a year, I think, is what he could expect. Gambo believes, and I think he's right, that if the Colonels had had him last year, the Cardinals are a playoff team. This year, we don't have to worry about a backup quarterback situation at all. And we'll tell you why next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day as it's 4.30. Quickly became 4.30. Man, this show's flying by. Let's get an update on that Twitter poll with Mitch. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Mitch, what you got for us today? I got a great poll. I almost said good. You almost said no, good. It's you, not you good. It's great. great. So you turn your microphone over there. Oh, there you go. That's Tony not, the Tiger not, over there, Eric. Gambo. Yeah, that's not Eric. <laughs> it's, it's Eric. It's Eric. Eric well, yeah. yeah. I don't turn my mic on. Yeah, I know. You're pampered little. <laughs> oh man! It's a little, little, little Pomeranian over there. Pampered little spoiled oh, wow. radio host over there wow. won't turn on his own microphone. Uh, am I the I don't, only I sports don't... radio host that doesn't turn on their microphone? I turn on mine. The other sports radio hosts? Like... I, I don't know. I have no idea. I've I've only worked with you for the last ten years. Let's ask Keyshawn the next time we get him on. <laughs> the first yeah. thing I was told when I was when I was learning how to run the board and everything was. Yeah. You got to turn Gambo's mic on, and apparently I'm still learning. I don't touch buttons. I don't press buttons. That's no. just my rule. I just don't press buttons. Because when you press buttons, bad things happen. Like, bad things can happen. I just don't press buttons. Now, Bernsey is smart. He knows buttons. He knows how to turn the on or off button. I'm not good. I don't even know how to Venmo money. That's true, you don't. I don't know how to Venmo. No, you owed me money, and I your owed wife you money had to Venmo from a money. gift we yeah. got for somebody, yeah. and I had to have my wife send it to you because I don't know how to do Venmo. Fortunately, your wife knows how to Venmo, and I know how to mm-hmm. Venmo, and I got mm-hmm. the money that I was owed, thank goodness. Uh, none of which has anything to do with our poll question, which was a great, great question great. from Gambo. What, what did you have for us today? <laughs> oh, I'm still laughing. Uh, what? This is the poll question today. If you're just tuning in, just hearing about it, just seeing Burns and Gambo on Twitter, what has been the Cardinals' most impressive win so far this year? Obviously, in reference to their win over the Niners, that's one of the options. The other options are Week 1 against the Titans, Week 4 against the Rams, or other. But you can make an argument for the Titans game because they're the best team right now that the Cardinals have played. They're slaughtering everybody. They've they've won four. Ga- they beat like the Bills, the the Chiefs, Chiefs. the Packers. Like yeah. the, like they're beating everybody that's good. So you can make an argument, but because that was so early, I go with the Rams game because they had lost eight in a row to the Rams. The Rams had their number. It was good to get that monkey off the back. That's what I. That's what I look. I at. think it's a great poll question, not a good poll question, but a great poll question because you could make an argument for all three. San uh, Fran. I, you, you, yeah. I think you really could make nope. an argument for all three. 
I'm going with the Rams on this one, too. What's our audience say on this one, Mitch? Our audience is still with you guys on this one, and overwhelmingly so. 65.9% say that Week 4 against the Rams has been their most impressive win of the year. 24.2% say that Week 9 against the Niners was the most impressive win. 8.8% say that Week 1 against the Titans. 1.2% say other, and as we've discussed earlier, other seems to be a lot of the Browns. I am surprised that the Titans are only getting 8%, 9% of the it's vote. A, it's I know a tough it was, poll. It was an early game, and I understand that the Titans hadn't found themselves quite yet in Week 1. Man, the further we get away from that, the better that win looks, because Gambo's absolutely right. The Titans are putting together some real impressive wins. No Derrick Henry, no big deal yesterday from them. If I had to, If I had to say right now you could eliminate one team that you have to play in a playoff game, Titans, Rams, or 49ers? Who are you eliminating? Rams. Not Titans? Not Titans. Mm. I think eventually not having Derrick Henry will catch up with them. It didn't yesterday, but I think eventually it will. Rams. Okay. I, I, think I'd el- I think I'd eliminate the Titans. Would you? Yeah, I think They're I'd a better coach team. We've got a good defense. Um, and I just we just don't know about Matthew Stafford. Okay. Uh, that is the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Flap, play fake. McCoy setting up with time. Looks deep. Floats it middle of the field. Got a man. It's caught by Kirk at the 50 in the San Francisco territory. Down to the 41-yard line. A gain of 50 yards and a first down on a gorgeous toss by Colt McCoy. Of course, we wouldn't be having this conversation about the Cardinals being 8-1. and one. We wouldn't have this conversation about the most satisfying win of the season without what Colt McCoy did yesterday 22 of 26 249 yards and a touchdown the 84.6 percent is the highest completion rate of his 11-year career it's the second highest in Cardinals franchise history behind Kurt Warner's 92.4 percent when Kurt completed 24 of 26 I still remember that game dude couldn't miss couldn't miss 24-26 24-26 of 26 uh, against Jacksonville back in 2009. For one, it was such a special quarterback. I mean, I, I so much enjoyed watching his career and watching him play. He was just such a uh, such a great quarterback. The, I'll still say to this day, the best I've ever seen at reading defense is picking up the blitzes and just knowing where to go with the ball. Look, it was a big conversation last week. Could the Cardinals win if they had to go with Colt McCoy? Now, we didn't know, even after Friday, whether Kyler was going to play or not. I thought it was unusual with no practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that there was still a chance. But, you know, they did a good job of selling it to the 49ers. They did a good job of selling it. You know, And, and even the 49ers, we're preparing for Kyler. We, prepare, we expect to see Kyler. They didn't see Kyler. But I think all week long we had said, I got a bunch of messages too. Are you saying the Cardinals can't win without Colt McCoy? No, no, I never said that. I think they can win without Colt McCoy. I, I, with Colt McCoy, with, without Kyler Murray. Yeah. I think they can win without Kyler Murray because they got Colt McCoy. It's not, it's not like they have, you know, if, if it was Chris Strevler playing in this game, I would have never thought, I would have said, hey, I don't think they have a chance, although he did get a snap. So I think they were in a, they were in a good spot with Colt McCoy. I think it was a very, Underrated signing. You got to go get, and this is that you got to get yourself a quarterback with some experience that gives you a chance to win these games. Because if the Cardinals end up winning this division by one game, you could look back at Colt McCoy and say, "Man, that guy was worth every penny you paid him." Yeah, uh, and and to me, yesterday Colt McCoy was part of this bigger picture of what was going on. Yesterday was a really good day for Steve Kime. It was a really good day for Steve Kime. Look at the stars of that game yesterday, Colt McCoy and what he did. Kime got him for nothing. 
Look at James Conner and what he did. Kime got him for nothing. Marcus Golden. Look at what Marcus Golden did yesterday. Kime got him for nothing. You know Benjamin, seventh round. You know Benjamin's seventh round pick. Even the depth when a guy like Pugh goes out and here comes Harlow and he's got to play left guard. It was his block that sprung Connor on the first touchdown. I mean, just guy after guy, Wesley, moment after moment. Yeah, play right down to the Antoine one. Wesley right down to the one. Right. with the, He had a couple of big catches yesterday. Um, I thought yesterday, look, Cliff is going to get a lot of the attention. Colt's going to get a lot of the attention. Connor's going to get a lot of the attention. Kime's getting a bag. I thought yesterday was a really good day to be Steve Kime. Really good yeah. day because a lot of his bargains played very well for them starting with Colt McCoy, who is a – it's what this team didn't have last year. And quite frankly, if we're going to praise Steve Kime, let's also point out that the mistake Steve Kime yesterday made last year, I should say, was thinking you could win a game with Chris Strebler as your backup quarterback. It was bad thinking. I don't. That th- was bad thinking. It, it, it was, yeah. it, 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 Colt McCoy proved yesterday what they got wrong last year with Chris Strebler. You – He's not the kind of guy who can come in and win a game for you when you're not able to have your starting quarterback. Colt McCoy is. They all make, every every GM makes tons of mistakes. Not some mistakes, tons of mistakes. Of course. Okay, because there's so many decisions that go on to building a football team. They all make tons of mistakes. The key is to learn from your mistakes. I don't think, I, I mean, Kime has done a great job of learning from mistakes. From moving on from Wilkes, moving on from Rosen, and, and you know, you even brought up this thing right here. Hey, I didn't have a good enough backup quarterback last year. I, they went out and they got themselves a really good quality backup quarterback with a lot of experience, has been in the league for a long time, that won them a big game on the road convincingly. Yeah, and if they're called upon again to start Colt McCoy, I have no doubt that he very much gives them a chance to win a game against the Carolina Panthers. I feel good about Colt McCoy's chances to win two or three games. It's when you start getting into longer stretches than that. That's when your backup quarterback eventually flaws become exposed, weaknesses are enhanced, and and you can kind of take advantage of those things. But for a game or two or three, uh, you said it earlier in the show and you're 100% right. If they have Colt McCoy on the roster last year instead of Chris Strebler, they win that game against the Rams in Week 17. There's no doubt in my mind they win that game if, if they have him last year. I think the other thing for Colt McCoy, too, is, and I pointed this out earlier, man, he's been on some bad football teams in his career. Some really bad football teams I didn't even in his th- career. I, I just haven't thought about it. Yeah. You know? I just haven't thought about it because he's not a starting quarterback in this league. Yeah, I, and so the idea of what he could do surrounded by better talent, I mean, go look at, I'm looking at Colt McCoy's career right now. Okay, give it to me. The Giants, Washington, Cleveland. I mean, they're, they're not good. He was two and six in Cleveland, four and nine in Cleveland, one and three in Washington, zero oh and two in Washington, zero oh and one in Washington. The Giants weren't any good in twenty twenty. He has been someone I can't remember who somebody did the research. Colt McCoy's eleven year career. Eight of the eleven teams he's played on have finished with seven wins or less. The average win total is about six per year. How many teams has he played on? Eight of the eleven. Well, not at eleven different teams, but eleven different years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eleven. He's had eight of the eleven teams he's played on. Yeah. Like he's played on, I, but but you know what I mean. Like out of the eleven years he's played on, yeah, eight like times the 2017 gotcha. Washington Redskins, gotcha. the 2016 Washington Redskins, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, this is the best team he's played on. This it's it, not even close. Not even close. He did great yesterday. He did, he he managed the game very well. There were occasional deep shots. The one that Kirk stood out the most. 
As far as Kyler goes, here's what Cliff said today. I don't have a feel for it yet. Um, we like the way he progressed through the week. Definitely improved. Uh, but we'll have to see, um, you know, how he looks. When we get back out there on Wednesday, and hopefully he can, he can operate and function and, and do his deal. But I really don't have a feel for it right now. As far as Colt McCoy goes, he told the Rich Eisen Show today that he expects Kyler Murray to be back this week against the Carolina Panthers but he will, quote, circle the wagons, close quote, if he's called upon for a second straight start. So there's that. Quality backup quarterbacks are uh, so important to a football team. And you look at them last year when they needed Strebler to win him a game, Strebler couldn't win him a game. And they needed Colt McCoy to win him a game this week, this year, and he got it done. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, aside from doing their job this past weekend, the Cardinals got a ton of help to get back on top of the NFL mountain. Everything broke right for them. We'll tell you about it next on the Burns and Gambo show. only real negative thing that happened to the Cardinals yesterday was Chase Edmonds. Because now it looks like he's going to be gone for three to four weeks with what's being reported as a high ankle sprain. Cliff wouldn't describe it in that great a detail today. But Coach Kingsbury said, yeah, we're probably not going to have him this week against Carolina. Other than that, and right up until the conclusion of last night's Sunday night game, it was the perfect day for the Cardinals. You went into a division rivals stadium. You are without your quarterback, without your top two wide receivers. You lost your top running back. You are out without your top defensive player or one of them in J.J. Watt. You manhandle a division rival to improve to 3-0 and in the NFC West so far this year. And then you sit back and you look around the league and you see the Cowboys lose to the Broncos. You see the Saints lose to the Falcons. You see the Rams lose on Sunday night to that was um, the, big one. the Tennessee. Tennessee Titans. Yeah, Carolina lost, Minnesota Packers lost. lose to the Chiefs. Everything you would have wanted to yeah. happen yesterday happened. Every single thing. Yeah, to the point where like your lead is four or five games over most of these teams. Like the Cardinals playoff probability percentage is 99.9. Let's just put that in perspective. The 99.9% is what their playoff probability is. They're so far ahead of everybody else. Like, like they could probably get in the playoffs with one more win. It's the truth. They could probably get in the playoffs if they win one more game. Yeah, because you figure, what, the, the yeah, seventh-place team in the NFC is not getting probably nine wins. get in with eight or nine wins yeah. at the most? Yeah. Right? So, I mean, you think one win and you're all— so I don't even know. I, it's it's crazy, but you don't even. Th- we're in we're in the beginning of November, and I'm not even thinking about that anymore. Like it's a foregone conclusion. This is a playoff team. Yes, they're they're eight and one. They've got eight games left, and with one more win, they basically sew up a playoff. With two, it's guaranteed. With one, they're very likely in the playoffs. Now you start to think about playoff positioning. Hey, you know what? I think that that Dallas loss is a big loss too because if you're able to stay ahead of the Rams and you know you could you could somehow overtake Green Bay you could you, if if you could end up with that home because remember there's only only the number 1 seed gets the bye. Right. Because there's seven playoff teams, the number 2 seed doesn't get the bye. Nope. The 2 seed's got to play. Yep. So the 1 seed is and it's crazy I I don't want to think too much about that because I think the number 1 goal is just to get the division and get that first game at home. But man, if you can get the bye week, 
when everybody else has to play? Yeah. Oof. No, you're 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 right. The it, nothing's oh, that's changed. That's having your cake and eating it too. Yeah, nothing's changed. The the goal is still to finish with a better record than the LA Rams. So you can make sure that you, you're not slipping into a wild card spot. And you have to go on the road and things like that. That that's that's still the number one goal. It is hard not to, for me anyway. It's hard not to look at these standings and and just say, well, I'll just tell you right now. The Arizona Cardinals are, if the season ended today, they're the number one seed. The Packers are the two. They would play the Falcons as the seven. The Buccaneers are the three. They would play the Saints as the six. And that's a tough matchup for the Tampa Bay. four-five matchup would be the Dallas Cowboys playing host to the L.A. Rams. Here's why you want to make sure you finish ahead of the L.A. Rams, because you could go from being the number one overall seed to having to play Dallas on the road in the wild card round, to having to play Tampa Bay on the road in the wild card round, finish better than Los Angeles. All right, that's goal number one. Which that's was, why that game against the Rams was yes. just golden. That was just now the next game against the Rams, right? Is when is that? That's Monday Night Football, December thirteenth. December thirteenth. If you, like that, that and that's here. That's here. That's here. That's nail and coffin time. That is here. man. Yeah, now listen, there's a lot of games to be played yes, between there are. here and yes, there, there are. but. You know, you would have, if you get the tiebreaker, if you're a game ahead of them and you have the tiebreaker over them, it's two games. Yeah. So, you know, you can, the only way you can afford to lose, now I don't know what would happen, and I'd love to find this out for tomorrow. What are the tiebreakers if they end up with the same record and they split? That that I need to know. I don't know the answer to that. It's, it's probably some Divisional division record, record and then record, conference probably. record and things like that. And the good news is, you know, the Cardinals are taking care of business in in the division, right? They now the Rams haven't lost any other games. The Rams lost us to Tennessee, but the, and none of neither the the Cardinals the Rams only lost us to the Cardinals. But if the Cardinals lose to the Rams and they both end up with just a one loss in the division, then it's probably a conference thing. Yeah, the the Rams last night, them losing to the Titans at home like that was an absolutely shocking outcome. Which, to... oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're fine. Cardinals lose to Green Bay, Rams lose to Titans. So if I get ahead of myself, mm-hmm. the Cardinals have a conference loss that the Rams don't have if they ended up tied. Rams lose AFC, Cardinals lose NFC. Yeah, but the Rams... If it comes down to that. The, if it, but the Rams also have a conference loss to the Cardinals. But I'm saying if the Rams beat the Cardinals and they split. If they yeah. ended up tied and they split. I can find out the tiebreakers yeah. for you. I, I think it's division record, conference record, but I'd have to look that up for sure. Um, the Rams looked shockingly mediocre last night. They, they really did. And, and Matthew Stafford in particular looked shockingly mediocre. And, and they have... They have gotten real fat on playing some of the easier teams in the league. I think a lot of people thought that no Derrick Henry meant that the Rams would be able to roll against the Titans. The Titans have, at least for one game, proved that they are more than just Derrick Henry, much like the Cardinals proved for a game that they are more than Kyler Murray. You know, that they're able to win without what is thought to be the key engine to getting them wins, and the Titans did it last night. The number you presented about Stafford and his record against Crazy. just winning teams in his career, albeit a lot of that with the Lions, but it's kind of carried over into the Rams. He does not have a record against good winning teams. I couldn't believe this 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 stat. In 75 games against teams that finished with a winning record, 75 games that Matthew Stafford has played, he's he's won eight of them. Total and lost 67 times. 
So Matthew Stafford didn't look good last night. I mean, he was, he, he was terrible in that game. He got sacked twice on consecutive plays. He had passes intercepted on two plays in a row. One was returned for a touchdown. Like, he just didn't have a good game. Got sacked five times overall. But you look at Matthew Stafford when you've got to play good teams, and his career record is not good. Now, we could put a lot of that and say, oh, it's, it was with the Lions. But still, like, you like you got to win some it's, of those it games. It started to carry over a little bit to the Rams, too. They played three Just times. Bit, yeah. Three times they played teams with a winning record this year, and they've lost two of them. Yeah. They've lost two out of them. And, and they got, frankly, humiliated in those two losses. At home. Yeah. Both the, times. The one they won was a nice win against Tampa Bay, but the two they lost, they got kind of humiliated in those games. Yeah, so double-digit maybe, losses. Maybe. Is there and, something to it? And I'm as guilty as anybody when it comes to, oh my God, Matthew Stafford's going to be great with the Rams. I said it the minute they got him, and, and, and so I'm guilty as anyone for just assuming that all is going to be fantastic for the Rams with Matthew Stafford. Maybe there's something to that idea that against good teams, he's just not this elite quarterback that he's made out to be. It's something that bears watching, no doubt about that. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, there was something about yesterday's game that Cardinals fans haven't really gotten to experience since he's been here. Cliff Kingsbury flashing a little bit of attitude yesterday. That was fun. It's next on the Burns and Gambo show.